Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, the show where we get together to explore the ideas and best practices with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. Today, I have an outstanding guest. His name is Jose Pedro Almeida. He's a digital health leader using big data to save lives. He has done a lot and is super passionate about solving hospital real-life clinical problems with analytics and insightful data. His work has awarded the HIMSS Digital Health Award in 2016, Microsoft I Worldwide Innovation Award in 2014, and the European Big Data and Analytics Solution of the Year London. He's done a lot, but what I want to do here is turn the microphone to Jose and have him finish the introduction. Jose, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Uh, very nice to, to be here in this podcast. It is really a pleasure and an honor to participate and share my knowledge with the community. And Jose, I want to thank you, too, for I know the, the change in time. It might be a little late over there in, in, in Portugal. So I really want to thank you for making the time to, to make the adjustments. In my life, it's never late to be with <laughs> such great people. So it's a time well spent. Uh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. And I know the, the guests do too. And when you're working on things that you're so passionate about, it's hard to consider it late, right? It's easy to lose track of time. Yeah, but that, that, that's also a problem with family, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because you have to well balance both sides of the equation. Amen. Very, very true, my friend. I tried to do so. No, that's great. That's great. Um, so listen, wh why did you decide to get into healthcare? Well, initially I was thinking in being a doctor because all my colleagues were, were going to the medical schools and it was my, my passion helping, helping patients and figuring out the kind of diseases they had. But suddenly I realized that I could do much, much better working in, in some innovative areas that were outside the medical space, but even so being close to, to it. So I started uh, my medical engineering degree with a master in medical informatics. So I had a lot of uh, courses around the medical school also, but with some specific uh, focus on information retrieval, IT analytics, and, and big data analysis of hospital data uh, back then. And this helped me to realize that there was so much data in hospital databases that nobody was really leveraging. And it kind of made me a little bit confused to see how doctors still treat patients in such a traditional way with so much being done in other areas, in banks and the retail industry, web industry. There is a lot of things being done with data that is not being done in the medical field. And so I thought this could be an opportunity for me to help them. Now, that's really interesting, uh, Jose, and, and, and data. It sounds like you believe data is, should be central in the minds and plans of people in healthcare. What would you say you guys are doing differently where you're at now to help create results by doing things differently with data? There are a lot of secrets to that. The first one, I think, is that you need to, to analyze carefully what is the hype around big data and what is the reality. 
So you, you hit a lot, a lot of stuff coming from Google, from IBM Watson, from a lot of great players. But then what you see in the field is that these immensely valuable products are not getting to the patients. And why? Because they take a lot of time to implement and they usually cost a lot of money also. So I think you need to have an approach that uh, starts small and focus on specific issues that are happening now. Of course, we need to look at machine learning and artificial intelligence, and we are using those techniques inside. But before that, you need to, to talk with doctors and nurses and go to the field, get outside your IT environment and listen to people. I think that was the most fundamental issue that brought us success inside all the data-driven and analytics initiatives that we are doing. So we try to build multidisciplinary teams together with my team from the analytics space and doctors and nurses. We hear them and we, we try to prioritize the main areas where we can help with data. Obviously, they won't tell us how, but we, they will for sure know what are the problems. And back then, like four or five years ago, we started these discussions. I was uh, 25 years old. So they could forgive me for some questions, but that was also good because I managed to ask them complicated questions that they probably wouldn't answer to other guy that was older, but they answered me. And I figured out that in our case, there were three main problems we should address. One of them was the clinical deterioration uh, risk of the patients inside the hospital while they are in the inpatient areas outside of ICUs. In our case, we have more than a thousand beds in this scenario. And those patients, obviously, they have doctors and nurses looking after them, but during weekends and late nights, there are specific time frames where nobody is really uh, looking 24 seven after them. Only if something happens, is the nurse going to call the doctor, you know? So this is one specific area. I don't know if you want me to extend or no, that's, tell that, you. That's great. And, and I think uh, you bring up some really fantastic points about leveraging data. And instead of, I think a lot of times in, in healthcare, we could get a little overzealous and excited about the topic of machine learning and AI and spend a lot of money without really understanding what we're getting for that money. And That's it. It sounds like what you guys have done at the, uh, is it Sao is Hao Hospital? San Juan. It's called San Juan. San Juan. It's like St. John. Ah, okay. San Juan. So San Juan Hospital, you guys have really taken it and put feet on it and made it real instead of just saying, hey, let's try a bunch of things that aren't real. You're, you're addressing real problems with the technology that you have. And maybe we are challenging the status quo, you know? We try to do some stuff and, and sometimes challenge uh, what is being done worldwide the way it's being done, and we try to show people another way of doing things. So as we speak, for instance, a doctor can be walking the second floor of San Juan Hospital, and his mobile phone might ring because our computer is analyzing all our patients in the inpatient area, looking at trends in their uh, blood results, looking at trends in their vital signs being measured. And he can receive a text message saying, well, your patient that is in the ninth floor is with concerning signs of hemodynamic instability because his heart rate is going up and his blood pressure is going down. 
And this is all the, being done in an automated way by our computer. And that's why vital, right? H that, that is H vital. And why? Because the data is already there. The data is waiting for the doctor to go to some specific application and look after it. And Jose, just for a quick break here for the listeners, uh, I had a chance yeah. to chat with uh, Jose beforehand. So HVITAL, that's H-V-I-T-A-L.com, is yeah. actually a homegrown system that, that Jose and his team at uh, San Juan Hospital put together that pushes information and helps predict ICU admissions seven days in advance inside the hospital. It's a pretty cool software that they've developed and they are doing some pretty cool stuff. And so that's uh, the system that he's talking about there. I didn't want to use another acronym. We tend to get lost in acronyms in healthcare. And so I wanted to provide a little summary so we don't lose you all. And so Jose, can you give us an example of, of how HVITAL has provided results? I think our, our greatest examples are about people. So I can tell you a story of a patient. This is just an example because... Yeah, we'd love to hear it. We don't hear about all the stories. They, they simply happen and doctors get done with that, with that and they, they don't inform us of everything that happens. But I can tell you about the story of a patient. It was a Friday late, late afternoon. It was, I think, in the, fi- in the fifth floor of our hospital. We have nine. And suddenly it was in the general surgery department that is divided in our hospital in two different floors. The doctor was in the lower floor. He received a text message saying the patient in the above floor in that specific bed is with a problem of his hemoglobin going down rapidly. And he was like, okay, but I wasn't informed of this. So he went up to the, to the upper floor. He talked with the nurses that were responsible for that patient and, and asked them, have you looked after that patient? I just received this text message saying that uh, he has hemoglobin problems. Have you seen anything unusual in, in, in the patient? And they were like, we have just been with the patient 30 seconds ago. And it was perfect. It was fine. But he was like, okay, I'm going to see, to see him. He went to see the patient. The patient was saying, I'm perfectly fine, was feeling great. And he asked for another blood result for that patient. And when, when the second blood result came out, he saw that the patient had an internal bleeding wow. that was, was not yet noticed. But this, remember, this was a Friday late afternoon. So people the patient, are getting off, they're going people home. People are getting off and the patient was immediately sent to the emergency room mm-hmm. so we can get this problem solved. But he told us that if he wasn't alerted by our system, probably that patient would have died. But this is not a problem of San, of San Juan Hospital. This is a problem of any hospital in the world. Any hospital. Totally agree. Because you cannot be, it's impossible to be 24 7 in front of a patient. And so these are the results we are most proud of. When we save lives, I think it's it's well done this effort. I agree, uh, Jose, and I appreciate you sharing that very real story. One of of many things that could happen, whether it be internal bleeding or respiratory compromise, cardiac arrest. When patients are sick, oftentimes you can't tell by how they look or what meets the eye. You got to look deeper And um, nowadays, I don't know how it is in Portugal, Jose, but in the States, the number of clinicians going into practice is lower and lower every year. And the number of patients keeps going up. And so we can no longer humanly adapt to all of the numbers. So we need systems like the ones that you guys have built at HVITAL to be able to, um, to implement. Now, 
let me ask you something. Um, you guys built it from the inside. Why did you not leverage existing technologies to bring in? Oh, great point, because I think that's another one of our secrets. <laughs> we partnered with the great guys here from Porto also. They are from a, an IT company called DevScope. So Scope DevScope, Scope on, on Development. Oh, DevScope, uh, got it. DevScope, yeah. They are very specialized in big data analytics, but they didn't know anything about healthcare. But as they had so much experience in that area, I thought the best way to do a great project is not to buy something that's already done, is to build it from the inside. And so we partnered with them, and some of our um, agreements with them have a specific mention that was telling them, you need to be inside the hospital to develop this. You are not allowed to develop this inside your company. You need to be here. Because if you are here, you really understand and you hear the people and you feel the problems. And this is very different when you are developing something from the outside and you show it to us. Right. Because you are not here. I don't think showing my perspective, but... No, definitely. So basically, Jose, you didn't want to have... You don't, it's One size does not fit all. And it, That's it. And you yeah. wanted to have something fit perfectly to the needs of uh, Sao Joao Hospital, and, and that's what you did. And so if somebody is working on something similar or maybe working on an app for their own hospital, what lessons can you give to them? And, and the focus that I want to take this question, Jose, is, is taking it from a perspective of, of mistakes or failures, like setbacks. What have you learned through your journey as you guys have built this system to improve outcomes? What lessons have you learned from maybe a, a particular failure or a particular setback that happened? It all comes around involving people. Firstly, I think you need to be careful about choosing your, your supplier for the solution. You need to build a trust relationship with them, and this takes time. You need to see what other things they are doing Probably even in other markets, DevScope that works with us, they are working in other markets outside healthcare. And I first, I did a lot of research trying to figure out what were they doing, if they were successful in their project. Then there's another very important issue that is try to do uh, what we call proof of concepts. Don't deliver the final project. That will certainly fail. You need to first deliver in a few weeks or, or maybe one month. Show something to the end user. So show something to the doctors. Show something to the nurses. See what, how they react to it. See what are their comments on it. This is crucial because obtaining their, their feedback in an early stage will avoid that you fail and that you invest a lot of money and when you suddenly realize that you have failed, you have spent all your budget for that project and it's simply gone. And uh, the next project, people won't trust you. Jose, that is such a great point. And for the listeners, whether you be a clinic or a hospital looking to implement a new idea or a new startup company looking to have a solution for a problem that's out there, the biggest thing that Jose just shared is, is you got to pick the right partners. You got to have a proof of concept and you have to make sure that you don't develop these things in a silo. You want to get continuous feedback because otherwise when you're done, your budget's dry and you have nothing left and everybody hates it versus you get continuous feedbacks. You always calibrate so that by the end, you also have buy-in from the stakeholders so that you could definitely have a product that works. I think that's a, an awesome, awesome point, Jose. Yeah, obviously this doesn't come 
only from my head. I, I also had the opportunity to participate yeah. in a program that was specifically for health innovation in INSEAD in Paris. And those guys, they taught me a lot about how to run these projects in this way. And I think it's, it's really the best way to accomplish a successful projects is to mitigate your risk as soon as you can. So deliver this proof of concept, talk with people, show them something. You know that what you are going to show them is not what you want them to use. It's a very early stage of your product. But the feedback you are going to receive can drastically change the way you are, of your developments. So I think these are the most fundamental advices I can give. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, I think that's really great. And, you know, one of the things uh, that you do very well that I've noticed just in the you know time that we've known each other, Jose, is as a great leader in healthcare, you you know how to attribute your success. You give credit to the people that helped you get there. And so it sounds like INSEAD had a had a big influence on on how you did it. And so big kudos to the folks at INSEAD for, yeah. for helping build leaders like Jose and, and uh, do things that like he's doing. And, you know, the other thing too that I'm curious about, maybe we can focus it on an existing project or focus that you're working on today. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about it. So we have a lot of excitement around what is happening around deep learning. We obviously are following closely this trend. And so we hired some great guys that are very specialized in deep learning space. But once again, they don't know anything about healthcare. So we are trying to bridge both worlds of these, these specific skills about deep learning and our skills of what are the most fundamental issues we need to solve. So we are trying an approach. We are also following a lot of publications that come from the US. We are mostly following what is happening in Stanford Medicine and also what is happening in Mount Sinai, New York Hospital, because I think there are a lot of it in this, this space. We are trying to follow that approach of the deep patient vision. It is a vision where you try to capture as much as you can about the patient and you try to define for instance, 2,000 variables each time about a patient. So every hour you try to collect 2,000 variables that define that patient in terms of live results, vital signs, medication, x-ray results, and so forth. And then you try to predict what is going to happen forward. And you, you, you are seeing that things like, uh, okay, I can be too technical now, but long-term short memory networks, they are a kind of deep learning networks. They have the ability to see the sequence in time. So if you train them and say, okay, this is number one of inpatient day, and you show them what happened in the following days, those kind of networks, they are able to understand the relationship about sequences. What happened in the third day maybe influenced what happened in the fifth inpatient day. So we are, we are trying to use those technologies and see if we can improve the current product we have working, the clinical deterioration risk. And also one thing I didn't talk about was infection control and antibiotic misuse. We have a lot of advances here in this space. We are trying to, with all this big data we have inside, we can see how the how each bacteria behaves inside the hospital in terms of their resistance in each ward, in each type of infection. We have that data in our big data warehouse, but we can also see 
how doctors are applying each antibiotics. When we correlate all these two worlds, we are able to suggest what is the best antibiotic the doctor should use in each world because we are seeing what are the antibiotics that are effective because we have all this computational power and we are able to analyze 3 million probabilities in just a flash of a second when a doctor is prescribing an antibiotic in the inpatient area. And so we are trying to correlate both worlds. One is the technical one and the advances that are happening in this machine learning area. And the other one is listening to people, listening to problems, trying to figure out how can we do this in a more automated fashion using all the computer power and big data analysis we have in place. Oh, that's really powerful. I, and I think it's uh, very interesting to see the, the developments of, of how you guys apply deep learning and, and very interesting. So I, I definitely smart people over there in, on your team. And for the Outcomes Rocket listeners, if you want to stay abreast of what uh, Jose and his teams are up to over there, at the end of the show, we'll provide the best way to get a hold of them so that you guys could stay on track with what they're doing. Pretty awesome stuff. So Jose, this part of the show, as we get close to the end here, we're going to pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the 101 course or the ABCs of Jose Pedro Alameda. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm going to ask you four questions and you'll respond to those questions with a very simple response. Just, you know, a couple words for each one of those four questions. It's a lightning round. And then at the end, you'll give us a book that you recommend for the listeners to read. Are you ready? Sure. So what is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? In my opinion, it is leveraging data. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Not involving people. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? We need to think not one year in advance. We need to think 10 years in advance. How is technology going to evolve? What are the trends? How is digital health going to affect the way we now deal with the patients. Are we going to treat them inside? Are we going to treat them at home? Are we going to treat them through their iPhone? We need to prepare that 10 years in advance and not one year. Love it. What is one area of focus that should drive all else in your organization? We tend to, to focus a lot on operational problems, mostly related with infection and clinical risk. And we try to leverage data-driven position as much as we can. And what would you say the book you recommend for our listeners to read? Probably I'm going to be a, a, a little bit geek now, but uh, <laughs> I think it is worth reading. It's a book called Data Mining for Business. I think it's the best book you can read without getting in too much math about machine learning and deep learning. It's the best, best book you can read to understand how, how these new algorithms are, are able to do powerful stuff as we are doing here. And who's the author? Do you remember? It's uh, Foster Provost. He's okay. a New York professor, very recognized in, in this space. Awesome. So there you have it, Outcomes Rocket listeners. The recommendations of Jose and also the book. For any of these resources, don't worry about rewinding or going back. Just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Jose, and you'll be able to find this episode with the show notes and any downloads, including this book that he just recommended, as well as any links to get a hold of him. So Jose, just want to say thanks. But before we conclude, can you just share one closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you? The closing thought is that you really need to think about getting an impact in the field, not, not trying to solve the whole world, as I was saying, not thinking about the hype of the technology, but thinking about how can we adapt this to solve concrete problems 
that will save lives and save also time to those that are treating patients. I think this is one of the most fundamental issues. And you really need to, to think as much as uh, data-driven as you can. Think about how can I solve this with data? Probably that data already exists, but if you don't think in this sort of way, you are never going to solve problems as effectively as you can. And also uh, share my, my availability with the community. If someone needs some advice, I'm happy to, to share my knowledge with those of you that are starting initiatives like we started some years ago. So feel free to, to reach out to me through LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, but also on Twitter and my Gmail account. I can also share it with the community. I'm happy to help you. Fantastic, Jose. And so Outcomes Rocket listeners, just want to encourage you all, as you know, the purpose of this show is to create that conversation, to break down silos, create collaboration, and make our healthcare system better. And so as Jose is sharing with you, he's willing to collaborate. So I encourage you all, if, if something that he said resonated with you, that you reach out to him, start a partnership, just have a conversation. No strings attached. You can always find a way to collaborate and make things better. And so we'll definitely be connecting folks with uh, Jose using any of the links within his show notes so you could get in touch with them. So Jose, just want to say thank you once again for joining us. Really appreciate it. So it was really brilliant interview and it was an honor and a pleasure to be here with you and I really hope we can leverage our community to, to move forward in, in the space. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.